Hello, my name is Dominic Caltabiano, and I will be talking about the Japanese internment camps. Episode 1 will include the background of the Japanese internment camps. The Japanese internment camps came after the bombing of Pearl Harbor on December, December 7, 1941, which brought the U.S. into World War II. A few months later, President Franklin D. Roosevelt passed Executive Order 9066. This order established internment camps for all people of Japanese descent living on the west coast of the United States. The order authorized the FBI to remove them, but they had already removed several of them before the order was given. Between February and, and November 1942, about 120,000 people of Japanese descent were evacuated from their homes and sent to the internment camps with only six days of notice. After they were sent to the internment camps, they had to report to temporary facilities set up in isolated areas among seven different states. They contained buildings that were not meant to be lived in like stables and pens for animals. After a few months, the Japanese people living in the temporary facilities were to be sent to permanent wartime camps, which were known as relocation centers. The camps usually consisted of barracks that held many families. They even had schools, offices, public buildings, and more. These camps basically functioned as their own little towns. The Japanese even had the opportunity to do farm work or work in the factories within the camps to earn money. Although this makes it seem as if these permanent camps were not very bad, the conditions were still very harsh. They were very unsanitary and medical care was limited. Fights and other violence happened often. If a person was caught escaping, they would be shot and killed. Also, tear gas was used on the Japanese people if needed. There were f food shortages, which, led, which often led to starvation. The U.S. ultimately decided to do this because they felt it was a risk to their national security. They thought that the Japanese Americans could have been spies for Japan during World War II. Okay, now for episode two, we'll be talking about the pros and cons of the internment camps. One major advantage for the United States was that it provided national security for them because they thought that the Japanese Americans could have been spies for Japan. It also helped them to prevent any internal bombings in the U.S. They were amongst, these were amongst the few pros of the internment camps. One thing I found find wrong about the internment camps is that after the Japanese Americans were sent away, it depicted all Japanese people as bad. Clearly not all 120,000 Japanese people who were also citizens of the U.S. could have been involved in the bombing of Pearl Harbor. But because of this, Americans had the wrong idea in their heads that all Japanese people were bad. One famous quote from Justice Robert H. Jackson that connects to this is, Guilt is personal and not inheritable. What he means is this, is that a person is guilty for their own actions and not for what other people do. A person cannot be guilty for what their ancestors did, making guilt not inheritable. I find this quote to be interesting and true because how could the U.S. punish all Japanese American people for something that their ancestors did? Another disadvantage of the internment camps was that it made the U.S. look racist and discriminatory towards Japanese people, considering they isolated them and put them into harsh living conditions. One last disadvantage was that the camps were later ruled 
unconstitutional by the Supreme Court after the constitutionality of them had been challenged by Fred T. Korematsu, who I will be interviewing in the next episode, so make sure to stick around. Okay, for episode three, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Korematsu. So, uh, Mr. Korematsu, what were your thoughts when you heard about the executive order 9066? My thought was that they would only be evacuating aliens, people who were born in Japan, but I was wrong. I never thought that they would take citizens of the United States. What did you do to try to avoid being taken and sent to the internment camps? I went to San Francisco and I had a doctor change my eyes so I could look more Caucasian. Unfortunately, I was still caught a few months after the executive order. How were you caught? One day, I'd run out of cigarettes, so I went to the store to buy some. Well, someone must have recognized me because a few minutes later, the police showed up and arrested me. What made you want to challenge the order and go to court? I did not think the internment was constitutional and that it violated the Fifth Amendment. Japanese Americans had not done anything wrong and none of us were ever proven guilty. We were taken against our will to internment camps. I thought to myself, how could I be punished for something my ancestors have done? What happened in the court case? After I had been taken to the internment camp in Utah, I had appealed to the case to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that the order was not constitutional. I lost, so my next step was the Supreme Court. In December 1944, I had a hearing, but I had lost again in a 6-3 to to decision ruling that the order was constitutional because of a military necessity. So, how were the internment camps finally ruled unconstitutional? Forty years later, new evidence was uncovered. A man named Peter Irons discovered that the prosecution had documents that were not revealed. As a result, I had another hearing, and the attorneys concluded that there was never a military necessity. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Korematsu. It was my pleasure. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll be back.